I'll steal your girl if you are still mine. Welcome to episode 20 of Often Beats. I'm your host, Clint. It is 2.26 a.m. Recording on a Monday morning, technically. I do not work today on Monday. And I'm excited to look towards the day. Can I get a hell yeah out there? Can I get a little snap? I've never understood the whole fucking snapping thing. Instead of clapping. I remember first time I heard that nonsense was in middle school at a... After, um, what do they call PTA meetings? My mom hated to go to those. Typically didn't unless it was mandatory. Like, um, you know, to get your report card. When they, when you were forced to, never understood that ideological re- ideology or idea, the thought process where every, after every semester, after every, uh, half of the school year, no matter if you're doing good or not, your parents are required to go out of their way, get off of work early, leave in the middle of their duties of the day while you're at school. And they're like, oh, please come in and let me as a teacher waste 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes of your time. If your kid's an imbecile of why your kid sucks or is amazing when could have just done this over the fucking phone. If he's doing good, I'll see the grades. If he's not, I'll see the grades. Either way, you're really degrading my time as a parent. The chances are most parents have more than one kid, according to the studies. Not many uh, people in the seventh grade don't have a brother or sister. Typically, that's not how these things work. But just fucking inconsiderate especially if it's a fucking public school if it's a private school and the parent yeah if i if my kid's in a private school and i'm paying four thousand each semester for my kid to be an average student you damn right you better schedule fucking appointments with me and i'll do whatever i can to make sure you pass that class if you get my drift sorry future wife kids got to get through school my kid's education is more important than your you know loyalty and your vows and because I vowed to make our kid better than us and sometimes you gotta supplement some uh, new learnings to the teacher it's like you know what I would rather take the hit for our family I'd rather the teacher inappropriately touch me as a 34 year old father than Inappropriately touch our kid. You don't want none of that shit now, do you? Didn't think so. See? My great dad. Consider it. And, but yeah, if my kid's in a fucking private school, you damn right. I'm gonna fucking wonder why the hell he's got an 88. Why is it 12 points off? Is he not studying hard enough? This and that. Give me the answers. I'm paying 4000 a fucking semester. But public schools, go fuck yourself. You're funded by our tax money. Which is kind of, you know, people say what they want. One benefit, you could say, of a public school system is the fact that your kid 
goes literally to school for free. It's basically daycare. Even if they don't do shit with the education, it's free daycare for you. You have 18 years where you don't have to worry from anything from like 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Then, if you go get them in sports, shit, 6 o'clock. But then, you know, probably not going to have the bus to take them home, so you're going to have to go fucking pick them up. Yeah, you know, you might have to make one little trip a mile and a half down the road. Such an inconvenience. Just for them to come home and you have some dry chicken with some asparagus. And you wonder why their pee doesn't smell uh, very um, blissful. Doesn't exactly smell like a Yankee candle in the bathroom a lot of times. You're going to light a match, but... The only fire you're starting is you're putting him behind on his grades, but whatever. But you know what? If I got to fuck my son's teacher from the past, no shame about it. Sorry, wife. I care about our family. I care about our family's future. And um, sometimes the future is literally in my hands. And that future is... Miss Shebler's ass cheeks. Yes. Her ass cheeks are in my hands. As I'm creating a cloud of dust back there. Because uh, sometimes when I'm back there, I like to bite the dust. Even though dust is um not very good for your breathing. And as a person with asthma, I should be mindful of that. But you know, don't worry. I'll bring my Swiffer pad and make sure it's um, good to go because I am her number one fan in this instance. Can't believe I've talked for three minutes about fucking my future son's teacher, seventh grade teacher, public school teacher. She's probably married, but you know what? We all know that don't mean anything these days. So, anyways... I'll do anything for my child. Can you say the same? Only time will tell. Like clock on the wall. But I want to counter that sometimes. But I don't know if I can counter that. Um, You know, I was actually... So I have these uh, J-Lab earbuds I use when I work out. Even though I don't really work out as much as I should. But whatever. I put in my ears, you know, listen to stuff, Spotify, hence my podcast, listen to YouTube, hence my podcast on YouTube, huh. plug, easy plug, uh, you can pull the plug, but I'll still charge you, um, wow, talk about a death wish, if you uh, pull my plug and think you're gonna kill me, bitch, you got another motherfucker coming, I'll be the male version of Succubus, look it up, kids, um, but what was I saying? Oh, fuck! Already happened. Oh, yeah. So, my earbuds. Sometimes, um, they get a little oily deep in there. It's not good. I Like, I clean my ears, shower, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to go into my hygiene, uh, regimen. But, you know what? I, I try to keep the scope in there. Try to keep it cleansed. But, you know what, man? You can't prevent it. Wax, little ear oil wax. It's going to happen, man. It is. It's as the equivalent of waxing your ear 
is like shit coming out of your ass. The wax is the shit. The ear is the ass. Follow me. I'm going somewhere with this. So, is it just as egregious? We'll just say as a male, as a man. Is it just as egregious if you're a girl out there? Comment below or send me a DM to let me know how egregious it is. Is it more egregious to have oil and wax on your earbud? Like, you know, your little earphones. Is it worse to see oil and little wax things and and those fuckers? Or, the age-old question, is it worse to see brown streaks in the draws? Now, I, I have addressed... The brown streaks and the draws things on a previous episode. Um, but I'm just trying to make a, compare, a comparison here. Is it just as bad? Because when I looked at it, I pulled out my ear. I remember actually like a month ago, one of the things got stuck in my ear. I thought I'd have to go to the ear doctor. But luckily I went to my mom's house. Got a little, um, what are those called, like pincher things. And was able to pull it out. And... It was, a, it was a clean glide. And um, it was like the wax museum. Never been, but I could only imagine. It's a lot of... But it's an earful in there. Nasty motherfucker. Anyways. By the way, House of Wax from 2005. That movie with Chad Michael Murray. Shitty ass movie. Just saying. Um, but I was thinking, is it really disgusting or is it normal is it normal for these things to happen if i'm sweaty if i'm running on the treadmill for 40 minutes of course they're gonna get a little sweaty there that's fine how do you really clean it because if you use like a chlor if you lose like a like a lysol wipe to clean the thing and then you stick them back in your ear i mean you get an ear infection but you don't want to put back oily things back in your ear or sweat things it, is it just as bad as reusing underwear? Now, let me clarify. Never reuse underwear once it gets a little brown. Really shouldn't in general. We, I, I've given my thoughts on what's one full use of underwear, which I think is still a fair uh, question. So what is one full use of headphone use? Is it... You could keep them in as long, even if they get sweaty and stuff, as long as you keep them in and don't take it out and, you know, glide it in and out like a glizzy, then you're in the clear. Or, the second you take those motherfuckers out, you can't put them back in. Once you see what it looks like, you can't do it. Because you can't blame negligence, you can't blame naivety, you can't blame ignorance. At that point, you were just a disgusting fuck. You are a disgusting fuck. Now. Is wax as egregious as shit? I don't think so. We just go by the smell. The look. But. One thing is fair to say. It's more disgusting if you don't clean your ass. Than if you don't clean your ears regularly. I think most people would agree with that. You should clean both. You should make sure everything's kept the tabs at all times. You should. 
you don't just minimize these tabs like a laptop or you're on the internet. You don't just minimize cleaning your ears. You don't do that. You don't put it off to later. You clean them. But I am willing to give the benefit of a doubt to a stranger. If I see a little ear wax hanging out of their ear, then if I see a little nougat, chocolate nougat raisinettes dripping down their left calf, where it looks like a melted hot chocolate. I've seen that sight in a public before. Not a not the funnest of sights. Rest in peace um by the toiletry by the Kmart back in 2012. Seems about the right time. Kmart's don't really exist anymore. But hey, fuck me. <sighs> but yeah. What's more egregious? Not taking care of your earwax? Or not uh, wiping your ass correctly? My conclusion for today? Wipe your asses. Clean your ears. So I don't have to hear your shit. See what I did there? If you're watching this, you can see my face when I say that. But if you're listening to audio, just know. That was a nice uh, pun there. Not gonna explain it because if I have to explain it, then you know I should stop doing this. <sighs> All right, what do we have on the agenda today? Remember when they used to fucking? I don't know. Maybe it was just where I fucking went. Speaking of public schools, only public schools would make you do dumb shit like this, where they used to um give you an agenda book. A daily agenda, and you were supposed to write down your homework assignments and everything you kind of did in class, but not really. But you write your agenda stuff, you write notes, your teacher write notes in there, and each day you have to have your parents sign that shit so they can see if, um, like, if you were, like, if you got in trouble that day, right? And you had to go home and get your little agenda signed if you were talking too much in class. So you have to go home, your mom sign it off, even though she's probably like, why? Or if you have homework, you're supposed to fucking uh, do homework. You have to have your parents sign it to make sure they know you had homework. Um, which is funny how now... Homework's not even really a thing anymore. Because um seems like less and less kids actually have a home to go to. So I think public schools really, you know, staying with the times. Can't give out homework if some of our kids don't even go home. Doesn't really uh, work out that way. As you can tell, don't mean to project my thing, my view on that. But, you know, that's why they took projectors out of school. I don't even know what the fuck they use now. Haven't been in a classroom like that in a long time. But, um, when you realize when you get out of these classrooms is that the learning is just beginning. I really think you learn so much more outside of the classroom than in the classroom. Whoa, Clint, look at you. Really, uh, reinventing the pendulum swing. But, you know... There's a lot of things you learn in school that 
seems to actually harm you in the long run. Like, critical thinking. We had, like, times where we had to critically think. But it wasn't really pressed on us. And when you realize when you get out here and, you know... Alright, can I just say this? I used to fucking hate when people say, Wait until you get to the real world. It's like, nah. I guess uh, I've just been living in this dream of a fantasy, wasting nine hours a day, sitting in a box classroom with no cupboard, on a desk that says, Penis, with three exclamation marks. Someone shooting balls out of a canyon, signaling ball sacks and penis. But... That's where that's the seat I fantasize of being eight hours a day. So I guess I haven't been living the real world all along. But you know what? Fuck me, right? What the fuck do I know? But it's funny how as younger they're always you're always taught from the teachers and stuff. You won't last in the real world. And I don't know what they mean by that. I don't know what quote unquote lasting really means. Do they literally mean that like Within 10 years, you won't be alive. Do they literally mean like you won't be able to financially support yourself? Do they mean that you won't be able to actually find your purpose? Like, what the fuck does that mean? You won't survive in the real world. I understand it's a scare tactic to get kids to be able to, you know, push themselves. And it's a fear thing to push kids to do better. I do think that has a good purpose. But... I really think when teachers say that shit, when I look back, a lot of teachers that would say that shit, I feel like they say that shit because they haven't dealt with their shit and they haven't even figured out the real world yet. I feel like they've accepted the world at their hands. They've accepted the world from their feet because they haven't been able to step up to their own expectations. You know, it's like the old saying, those who can't do teach. But I don't necessarily believe in that. I do think there are teachers that can literally do with, you know, whatever field there is at a higher level. But there may be something about teaching young minds that really, um, you know, gives them some pumped up kicks and really want to shoot their shot in the classroom or something. But then a lot of these teachers really fucking hate children i think it's something like it sounds good in theory like to be a teacher but i haven't really met many teachers that have done it long enough they're like thrilled like i think a lot of them lose their enthusiasm probably like after eight years when they realize that not everyone has the that most kids don't have the same desire to learn in the same um, subjects that they had this exceptional way of learning. Because most teachers had to be smart in something, I would assume. If you're teaching biology, I would assume you've struggled with yours. I would assume, I'm kidding there, but I would assume if you teach biology, you have a huge desire to learn every little intricacy of biology. And like if you're if you teach psychology, 
you have a real obsession and understanding and teaching why the importance of human behavior is actually survival type of thing. Even if you do nothing past taking that psychology class. You know what? It's important for you to understand human behavior of more than just reward systems. You know, positive reinforcement, all that bullshit. Not bullshit because it's true, but you know what I'm saying. The basic shit. It's very important to learn why human behavior is very important to survive in a workplace or any job you work at so you don't lose your job type of shit. I remember it was the first, now, yeah, it was the first psychology class I took in college. And one day we did this, um, she gave us this rating test. It's kind of like one of those, if you were to go online and do like a personality test in a sense, but it wasn't specifically for personality. It was your, um, what is it fucking called? It was your bias. It's like a bias test, right? So it was specifically focused on your tendencies, your racial tendencies, your racial bias in a sense. And of course, so many people were scared to take that test, specifically white people. Because even if they didn't know what the test would come out of, they were afraid that what if it says I tend to 60% more comfortable around white people and 40% around others. It's like, well, it doesn't really mean anything less to you. All it means is that you just have a natural tendency as of based off life experiences and stuff that you are typically more comfortable around your own race which is the reality in 98 to 99% of people. But people take bias, and but a lot of people misinterpret it. I understood. I think it said I was like 54% um, more biased towards my race than other races, which is actually it's in the higher percentile in terms of more in the middle. There were some people that were like 80% towards their own, and then some people that are like 30% that actually like leans towards they ideologically hate the race in a sense. But the test had to do with biases. Meaning, for example, if you're in a group of five people and your race is outnumbered, does any part of you, in terms of your ability to be comfortable, change in the size bit? And in most cases... Um, what the test would expose, even if you, it's something that it's not so blatant where as a person with self-awareness, even you wouldn't be aware of it, but people around you could be aware of little things you may do in one group of people compared if the roles were reversed in another group of people. You may just act the size. It could be simple Simplest things of how long do you maintain eye contact with someone compared to another person in this situation. It's very subjective. It's actually a very, it's not a very proven biased test in a sense. It hasn't really, even she admitted, this isn't something that you should take to the bank where it says a lot of, about you. But it is something. And the whole point, but a lot of people... 
instead of listening to what the biases of the test, um, the results were, when the teacher went around the room for everyone to display their percentage, a lot of people, when they were on, when the percentage was higher than they would like to admit, they would always put caveats and be like, well, this isn't true, but like they got very defensive. And I would say at least 8 to 10 people out of this class of 28 people got defensive because their percentage wasn't, it was a little high for their own bias towards um, specific outlook on people. And instead of understanding why their bias is the way it is, they got defensive assuming that the bias was a negative in a sense. When it's like, no. If you, if you, for example, if you're white, and I'm, this isn't even about being racial, this is to give context to what this bias test would teach you. If you're white, you grow up in a household with a mom, a father, two brothers, and a sister. You're all the same race, you're all white, right? Let's say you grow up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Right or a white area, or you go to a school where it's not that it's not very diverse. It has nothing to do with you. It doesn't mean that you have made a specific choice to only be friends with white people. It doesn't mean that you've made a specific um, desire to discriminate against people who aren't white. A lot of your biases have a lot to do with your environment has to do with how you grew up. Things that very little in your control to an extent. Your biases. I'm not talking about racial or nothing. I'm talking about biases here. I mean, keep throwing that in there. It's a big difference. But I remember being in that class and just seeing how defensive people got to prove how to prove how quote unquote equal they are to everyone. How I look at everyone the same. It don't matter to me. Like they it doesn't matter to me if you're purple, green, and they just start listing colors that no one is. So when you're making a point, you're listing colors that literally no one in the world is. It doesn't by the way, when you say I don't care if you're purple, green, orange, blah blah blah. It's like first of all, you're using examples that have nothing to do with anything. You're trying to make a cartoonish comparison to something that's very simple comparison. But, whatever. God, I'm pretty sure this is a drag of an episode, but whatever. I feel like this is actually a very important one, honestly, if you've made it this far. But I remember being in that classroom, and the thing that stuck out, like, uh puckered thumb is how butthurt ironically everyone got because it didn't say they were 50% they were 50% which basically means you have no bias like the fact that they couldn't even like the small percentages of unbiased like they felt like they were these perfect unbiased people which everyone is biased in some ways that's okay to admit. The problem is, is when you try to 
go overboard on your bias and actually live to the extent where you start believing extreme biases. And that's where shit gets a little, you know, KKK-ish. Um, but just watching everyone try to defend and say, oh, well, this test is bullshit. I've never said anything bad to any race. I've never said anything bad to anyone. I've never discriminated against anyone. And the teacher kept pr- profounding, this isn't about race specifically. We're talking about biases. Everyone has bias. And people had a hard time grasping just a simple concept that you have natural biases that you don't even understand. There's biases you have that you may not even realize no matter how Konkova, self-aware, spiritual healing, zebra, libra, motherfucker you think you are. You have biases. You do. It's okay. It's okay. You may be more comfortable around certain things. You may naturally gravitate to other things than other things. That's okay. What's not okay is you getting so fucking ass played about it that you tried to say a test given by a teacher with seven years of a degree given a test that she's given out for years and years. And now remember, here's where everyone who was getting defensive about the whole testing, she said, you realize by everyone that got defensive with that test, you trying to fight the test, all it does exposes the insecurity that you know that you feel that you are being attacked in some way. Because someone has attacked your quote-unquote perfect image of yourself in a sense. Because someone has possibly even exposed that maybe there are things about yourself that you don't realize. And just by that alone, you make the test essentially like six or seven times more accurate than if you would have just... Listen and just accepted the results. Because by trying to fight back the results so much, all you did was actually expose yourself even more. But yeah. Point of all that is that sometimes just because you think you have fucking awareness on shit, some things about yourself you don't. Just be aware that you're not always aware of being self-aware and be self-aware that you're not always self-aware of things that you shouldn't be self-aware about. Uh, I love it when I do that shit. Say the same words, but I have eight different type of caveats and meanings in the same sentence. It's amazing what commas can do for you. Uh, I do separate my thoughts a lot, especially when um they don't make sense. But uh, our sponsor today is Life Water. You can get your pH balance, Life Water, your local quick trip. Or you can go online and uh, type in the promo code, Often Beats. And you can get a full 
Suck my dick. Don't you love the sponsors of this show? Oh, sponsors. Oh, you gotta love it. Oh, you gotta. Oh, you gotta love it. Let's get to the bottom of it. My mind, you know, I don't know if I have a very uh, descriptive mind or if I have a very generic mind. And what I mean by that is I I have, I think I have a lot of good thoughts. But it is hit or miss when I start talking about them. Like, I feel like they're either, whoa, Clint, you really expounded on that idea. Or they're like this episode where it's like, man, you really said a whole lot of nothing. I really think it's frustrating when in my head I feel like, man, I had this great idea. I could go on for like 12, 15 minutes. And after I go on for 12, 15 minutes, I realize... Damn, I shouldn't have went off for 12 or 15 minutes. I also realize not that anyone cares of my thought process of how I judge these pods or nothing. I don't listen to my own episodes. I did for the first couple just to get a good idea of at least like at least the sound quality and how I sound. And I, it's like studying yourself. It's like studying film without anyone actually relying on you to do something important to actually help the team win. Because I'm a solo show here. But you know what? Even tennis players and golfers study, study their own tape. And um, maybe you got to chip it in. Maybe you got to backhand it sometimes. Maybe you got to slow it down. But hey, USA lost to fucking Nigeria. Didn't Jake... Jake Cole actually play for like a Nigerian affiliate in the Nigerian league, didn't he? Can you imagine if USA lost to... J. Cole, if he was on the team. Talk about, I guess we'll really see, I guess we would have really saw if um, we really, uh, if USA really love yours truly, J. Cole. <sighs> There's always going to be someone with a bigger spot. Then we can all associated with that ironically I wonder are we all I just thought of this thing in J. Cole are we really all born sinners are we really born did God put us did God put us on this earth born to sin Like, do you truly have to, is it actually important for you to become the best version that God wanted you? Here we go. But see, I'm not trying to preach. I'm trying to reach. Wow, Clint's really coming with the one-liners today. Last time I come to one line, it was on our back. Get it? Because come one line. Ha ha. Symmetry. Talk about a Pythagorean theorem. A square. B square. C square. For the audio, I'm grabbing my cups and titties. 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G spot. Have I? You know, fun fact to me. Every time I uh, try to remember if like, if I'm thinking of like letters in the alphabet and what comes after what, like someone's, oh, what comes after H? Every single time I have to start the alphabet over. Start from the beginning and work my way till I get to that letter. I can't do it. Oh, what comes after X? And I'm like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, H, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. But like, oh, what comes, like, once, once it gets to like, after I, like, if someone said, what comes after B, C, what comes after E, G. If you start to say, what comes after N, I'll be like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Yeah. And I feel like if I had to put a statistic out there, just putting a numero on it, I would say about 48% of people have to do that every time they're trying to do the alphabet, start it over. I don't know. Does that mean, again, does that mean I have a generic mind or a descriptive mind? Or am I someone that if I'm going to do it right, you do it right? Start from the beginning. Now we're here. That's how that song goes, right? Can't wait till Certified Lover Boy get. You know what? I'll end this episode finishing with uh, this. Has Drake gone to the point where his music. <sighs> My opinion, all right. Drake time. Drake review. To me, my favorite album by Drake was Nothing Was the Same. Because ironically, it hasn't been since. Still good music. Like, but to me, that's my favorite album. And I think in terms of full album top to bottom, the whole like um the whole music the instrumental type of tone is like a I remember in an interview he said and I felt it before when I actually listened to the album for a long time over and over because I was obsessed with it then when he said it what his whole his whole um vision for how he wanted that album to sound like it made me it made me even listen to the album different and loved it even more when he said in an interview that nothing was the same the album vision was to make it sound perfect for when you're driving at late at night time when you're driving like 1 2 a.m. listen to the album at 1 or 2 a.m. On the weekend when you're doing some two or three hour commute. Or when you're driving back from Florida. From you know. Getting your insides pounded on spring break. <sighs> yeah. He put the springs on you. And uh. Hopefully um. You didn't break character. And actually say. I love you. When you know you don't. You love me. You love me. Take me down to the Panama City where the ass is green and the girls all titties. I like to be your favorite one. Yeah. 
Take me down to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls have titties. I like to be your favorite one. But yeah, shout out to Axl Rose. Slashing through uh, people's hearts because he couldn't make a workout with Slash. But hey, um, but yeah, I'm excited for Certified Lover Boy, right? I think he's going to try to recapture a little bit of the nothing was the same aura. And I, and I feel like it's going to be a combination of nothing was the same. I think he's going to get back into that that kind of like from time song back. He's going to have one of those type of songs where it's just a beautiful instrumental. And he does his like rap and he's just like rap talking shit. But he's also going to have that boss shit where he's just... Reminding you, I'm fucking Drake now. I'm not the same guy that got his heart broken by Rihanna four times. Rihanna never wanted him, and she knew it. She broke my man's heart. Hopefully, she's uh, on a feature for a song on the album. Certified Lover Boy. Can't wait. Aren't we all certified lover boys? Maybe not certified, but... um. We love her. Like boys. Alright. And this is probably the worst episode of all time. I feel like I say that every episode. But every time I think it's a terrible episode. um, People actually say those are the best episodes. The ones where I think like man I really put some time and effort. I really uh, I really was great throughout that whole pod. Those are typically the ones like eh. It was okay. But I truly feel like this one's garbage, but you know what? I will say this for anyone that is, if you made it this far, for anyone that's thinking about making videos or making a podcast or something, for, for at least the beginning and stuff, when you have shitty episodes, even if you know they're bad, just put them out. Put them out. Let it be. And you will just mentally move on to the next one. When you try to, when you start getting that mindset of being perfect, when you start getting that mindset of making each one, like if some, if episode doesn't go as smooth as you want and you try to sit there and be like, "Ah, I don't want to put this out, then it's going to be a domino effect to each episode. You're going to have it like, I don't know, it wasn't that great. It's like, no, put it out. And over time, just by doing it, you also got to have the mindset to be free when you speak. Because once you start like mentally restricting yourself when you're doing this and talking and shit, the product in terms of who you are as an authenticity standpoint will suffer. It's human nature. It will suffer when you're trying to make something in the moment more crafted. When to me, I think the beauty of podcasts and stuff like that is that it's not carefully crafted. That it's very, very, it's very in the moment. That doesn't mean you don't have well thought out things. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, prepare for it. But don't be, don't be trying to be so rigid about it that when you, that you're afraid to put shit out. Like this episode is probably going to be the worst of all of them. And you know what? As I acknowledge that, that's fine. But just by saying what I said now, it makes the whole episode worth it. But yeah, 
All right, guys. I'm going to end it there. And uh, remember to subscribe and follow on the tube. We're up to 30 subscribers. And um, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. You know the spill. And um, next time, maybe I'll spill the tea. Oh, by the way, uh, fuck you, Wendy Williams, for um, making a whole like bit about a rapper dying and then playing it up about some bulls. Go fuck yourself, you fucking whore. You look like a wannabe RuPaul drag. Except you're just a drag to fucking listen to. You fucking cunt. God damn it. Alright guys, have a great day. And remember, oh, don't think I forgot. Suck some titties. Oh yeah, suck some titties, you sucking loving motherfucker. Oh my god. I just need a shoulder rub. Look at my biceps. I want to curl my biceps like your toes. Get it? Because I'm sexually arousing you. All right.